Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review, but most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Say Hey Podcast. You are currently listening to episode 17. I'm your host today, James Donahue, as I am for every show, and hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. Folks, I also just want to say thank you for showing up today. It truly means a lot considering what we all went through on Sunday's game. Now, I'm going to go ahead and and, and touch up on everything that was going on in today's episode. I'm going to be giving you my thoughts on the last game of the regular season and really try to weigh in on what exactly happened and attempt to not only give myself closure, which is much needed, but maybe I can also help you listeners get some closure as well. After that, I'm going to be referencing an article written by Alex Pavlovic, who is a reporter that covers the Giants for Embassy Sports Bay Area. And in the article, Pavlovic talks about some silver linings from the 2020 season. And not only will I weigh in on those silver linings, but I'll also be adding my own. Because honestly, we as fans need something to look forward to when our season ends like it did. And the good news is that the future is looking pretty bright. So let's go ahead and get right into it. So as we all know... The Giants were unable to win Sunday's game for a number of reasons, but let's start with the most obvious one. Rob Drake is by far the worst umpire I have ever seen in my entire life, and I mean no exaggeration when I say that. He missed 27 calls in a one-run game that eliminated the Giants from playoff contention, and by the way, he was terrible on both sides, not just for the Giants, for the Padres as well. His worst calls of the day came in the bottom of the third on a strikeout call on Austin Slater that was four inches out of the strike zone and then in the bottom of the eighth inning in an at-bat featuring Wilmer Flores when the first pitch of the, of the at-bat was called a strike despite being 5.99 or six inches if you want to round up off the plate. And of course, we will never forget the equally horrendous call that took the bat right out of Austin Slater's hand again to finish the game. A strike three call that didn't even make it past his shin. Drake has officially put himself on the map as one of the worst umpires in all of baseball. From here on out, everyone is going to remember exactly how bad he was in this game, just like people will never forget when Jim Joyce horrendously ruined a perfect game for the Detroit Tigers pitcher Armando Galarraga on June 2nd, 2010. However, with all of that being said... There were also a lot of reasons why we didn't make the playoffs that had nothing to do with any umpire. In my last episode that I posted Sunday morning before the game, I said one of the keys to us winning this game is Donovan Solano has to hit. Unfortunately for us, that didn't happen. During his last five games of the season, Solano could only produce a 167 batting average, and he also struck out five times, including three times in Saturday's game, and one of those three times were when the bases were loaded and there were zero outs. 
for his final at-bat of the season and only at-bat of Sunday's game, Solano again struck out with two runners left on base, not being able to capitalize on another scoring opportunity. Now, I talk about Solano's last five games, but I really don't want that to ruin or taint the entire season he had because as a whole, Donovan Solano had one of the best hitting performances I have ever seen in a Giants uniform. He finished the season finishing a 323 batting average, I believe, no, wait, it was 326. Yeah, it was a 326 batting average. And not to mention this year, he had a 17-game hit streak. He was by far one of the most consistent hitters in our lineup, and I definitely want to tip my cap to him because of how well he performed. Another key to this game that I explained on Sunday's episode was that we not only needed to stop making base running errors, but we also needed to stop making fielding errors. Well which wasn't possible, it seemed like, since we walked away from Sunday's game committing two fielding errors, but maybe that was silly of me considering that committing errors has been one of the biggest Achilles heels the Giants have been dealing with all season. Something like that just doesn't go away overnight, and it's definitely something I'm looking forward to the team improving on next season, which they will. Odds are they will. But of course, Something this Giants team has always done all year is hit, and that's exactly what they did despite not having a reliable strike caller behind the plate. The Giants would finish this game with six hits, including home runs from Mauricio Dubon, Brandon Crawford, and Wilmer Flores. These hitting performances definitely made the loss a little bit easier to swallow since we went down swinging, but of course, a loss as devastating as this is going to take a while to recover from. Now, Despite walking away from this season without having a playoff appearance, there are still positive takeaways that we need to really acknowledge. Alex Pavlovic writes about there being silver lining from this 2020 season, and the first one that he mentions is that the system works. Now, what exactly he's referring to is the new hitting approach the Giants took to this season. Pavlovic explains that, quote, eyebrows were raised when Gabe Kapler hired three hitting coaches who are young enough to still be players, Donnie Ecker, Justin Vielli, and Dustin Lynn brought a different approach, asking hitters to be more selective about swing decisions and worry less about striking out, end quote. I couldn't agree more with this. And in order to find evidence, all you have to do is look at the most popular veterans on the team, Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford. Belt finished his 2020 season with a 313 batting average while hitting nine home runs and 30 RBIs, but also managed to produce an OPS of 1.018. This career pace would set Belt up to hit 30 home runs and 98 RBIs over the course of a 162-game season. And Crawford, while the all-star Gold Glover finished the season with a 256 batting average while collecting 12 doubles, 8 home runs, and 28 RBIs, setting him on pace to reach 36 doubles, 24 home runs, and 84 RBIs over the course of a 162-game season. And although the underwhelming batting average seemed too familiar to us, I believe the power numbers he was on pace for are very achievable if he carries what he's done this year over to the next because the quality of contact he was making this year. Now stay with me. There is a stat in baseball that measures how hard players are hitting the ball, or in other words, a stat that can distinguish the type of contact players are making. The reason why this exists is because there is a correlation between hitting the ball hard and seeing positive results on the field. Simple enough, correct? In 2015, Brandon Crawford finished the season hitting 33 doubles, 21 home runs, and 84 RBIs. Yes, I agree, that does sound similar to the pace he's on right now. And if we look even harder at the 2015 stat line, we can actually see that his hard hit percentage, or in parentheses, 
quality of contact was 43.1%. And what was his hard hit percentage this year? 39.4%. Not only is that almost identical to 2015, but that is also way above the league average, which is 36.1%. So basically, what I'm trying to say is that I think the power numbers Crawford tried to replicate this year from 2015 season is sustainable because of how well and how hard he was hitting the ball this year. And I fully expect both of these household names to continue the record paces they are both on this season for the 2021 season. Another silver lining Pavlovic brings up is our depth when it comes to left-handed pitching, relief pitching specifically. Tony Watson is a free agent at the end of this year, and Pavlovic explains that, quote, the 35-year-old probably would prefer to find a spot closer to his Florida home and join a team with a much easier path to contention next year, end quote, which is more than understandable in my opinion. But fortunately for us, Watson would not be leaving this team with a hole to fill. And although they aren't Javier Lopez or Jeremy Affeld, Kayla Berger, Jarlin Garcia, and Sam Selman definitely got the job done when they were called upon. After giving up eight earned runs and three consecutive outings to the Dodgers, Rockies, and Astros, the next 16 outings for Kayla Berger consisted of him pitching 4.1 straight scoreless innings to finish out the season while collecting 14 strikeouts. As for Jarlin Garcia, on the year, Garcia made 19 total appearances, and he only gave up one earned run all year, allowing him to finish the season with a 0.49 ERA and 18.1 total innings pitched. And finally, Sam Selman, the third lefty, collected 21 strikeouts and 18.1 innings pitched, and opponents were only able to produce a 169 batting average against him. This three-headed lefty monster should give Gabe Kapler plenty of room to use them however he sees fit. At this point, it's like picking your three favorite flavor of ice cream. No matter what you choose, any outcome is going to make you happy. All right, moving on to my silver linings, and it's that even though the future between the Giants and Kevin Gosman and Drew Smiley are uncertain at this point, it's still bright. Kevin Gosman finished the 2020 season with a 3.62 ERA and struck out 79 batters in 59.2 innings. The hard-throwing right-handed strikeout machine absolutely dominated this year. And although the inflated ERA due to eight too many home runs wasn't the most exciting thing to brag about, he still finished the season with an 11.92 strikeout per nine innings. When it came to the trade deadline, Gosman was the headliner and the player most talked about, about who could possibly be moved around. Thankfully for us, however, he wasn't. And I think that spoke volumes to Gosman. In an interview with Gosman, he stated, quote, Obviously, I don't want to leave these guys. It's been really great. They've made coming to the ballpark really fun, end quote. As for Drew Smiley, his return from the disabled list on September 10th came exactly at the right time in order to make a playoff push. In the month of September, he struck out 31 batters and 18 innings pitched, including the 10 strikeouts that came on the final game of the season. But as we all know, the playoffs would end up being out of reach. However, at the end of Sunday's game, Smiley told reporters, quote, I honestly truly love it here. I think it's a great place to pitch. It's a great city to be in. The weather, the teammates, the guys, the culture. I loved everything about playing here, end quote. After watching that type of season these two players had, it's so encouraging to hear that they don't want to leave. There is really something to say about the atmosphere that's being facilitated inside the Giants locker room, and the best part is that it's contagious. 
Players from other teams will see how much fun these guys are having, and they are definitely going to want to come and be a part of that environment. All this to say, I'm confident the Giants will be able to come to an agreement with these two players because the motivation to get it done is mutual on both sides. There's a reason why the Giants went out and got these guys last offseason, and I think they would be very reluctant to let them walk after what happened this year. My last silver lining I'll mention is that I know Joey Bart looked rough around the edges at certain points throughout the season, but the bright side is that there is an exponential amount of room for improvement, and there will be improvements made on his end. It's inevitable. First things first, right off the bat, it's hard coming into this league as a rookie. Bart played 33 games this year as a rookie and finished the season with a .233 batting average and collected five doubles and two triples. But the more... Alarming number was his 36.9 strikeout percentage. In order to fully understand that percentage, I'll just have to say that the league average strikeout percentage is 21.8%. So yes, not ideal by any means. But you know what? Buster's first go around at the major leagues wasn't amazing either. In 2009, Buster was able to have his first taste at the majors and boy were fans underwhelmed. He finished his First stint at the majors producing a 118 batting average before the season ended. And of course, we all know what would happen in 2010 and so forth. Which brings me to my next point. One of the biggest parts of a rookie development is having a veteran in the locker room to help you with your first couple steps. In a recent interview with Evan Longoria, actually, the veteran third baseman was very candid about the situation. Quote, he really needed Buster here. Let's be honest. Buster would have really helped him with things on a day-to-day basis, and I think sometimes he felt isolated, trying to figure out a lot of things on his own. It was a really good year for him learning-wise. I look for a lot of growth from him next year, being able to be around Buster next spring and just really take the next step. And the last and final silver lining, well, I don't know if it's much of a silver lining, but it's more of an appreciation. I don't know about you guys as listeners, but before the season started, I had no idea where the Giants were going to be going up against the San Diego Padres. I I thought the Diamondbacks had a lot of promise. I actually ranked the Diamondbacks second in the division. Of course, Colorado's always going to come out there swinging. And of course, the Dodgers were going to take away this division. I seriously thought the Giants were going to finish this year dead last. But not just dead last in our division, dead last throughout the entire league. Yes, it sucks we didn't make the playoffs. And please, please, I love the passion. Please keep feeling that. Because although it hurts so much, it also means that you care so much. But also, we just have to put things into perspective. This year was awesome. I want to officially say thank you to all the Giants on the roster, whether it be the roster at the end of the season or just if you were on the roster throughout at some point throughout the entire season. I want to officially say thank you because I know I speak for a lot of the listeners and I know I speak for a lot of Giants fans on this show is that we had no idea what we were going to get, especially especially with the COVID season, but it turned out being one of the most fun seasons that we have ever watched, especially since 2016 or 2014. The fact that we were able to almost make it to the, to the playoffs means that we are on the right track And I personally believe that next year, not only will we be a force to be reckoned with in our division, but throughout the entire league. I think we have another really, really strong shot at taking the wild card next year. But, 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 that's me just getting ahead of myself. Let's just go ahead and appreciate this year for what it was, which was truly, truly amazing in so many different ways. And of course, let's just take each day one day at a time. 
Folks, thank you so much for listening to episode 17 of the Say Hey Podcast. And thank you so much for listening to every episode of the Say Hey Podcast. I couldn't be more grateful. You can find the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a review and you can go ahead and leave a rating if you feel so inclined. And the last thing I will say is that, folks, I am going to be posting once a week now since the season is over for us. But don't worry, I will still be posting at least once a week, keeping you updated on all things Giants baseball and, you know, just coming out with my own creative episodes. Like next week, I'm going to be highlighting my top 10 favorite moments of the 2020 season. So that's going to be fun. That should be something to look forward to. And of course, there's postseason baseball. You don't have to stop watching baseball just because the Giants aren't in it. And in fact, fun fact, there are some Giants in it. Well, former Giants. I don't know if you guys know this, but Joe Panics on the Blue Jays. He's going to be in the playoffs. And Pablo Sandoval, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, got picked up by the Braves. He made it to the playoffs somehow. God, 2020 is a weird season, that's for sure. Pablo made it to the postseason, but the Giants did not. All right, all right, all right, all right. Do not go down that black hole. Stop right now. It is not worth it. Do not think about that. Folks, as always, I am your host, James Donahue, host of the Say Hey Podcast. Please be safe out there with everything that is going on in the world right now. And lastly, and most importantly, go Giants.